Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good Thursday morning to you. Markets seem to continue their move up. U.S. stocks rallied for the fourth straight session overnight amid optimism over the reopening of the global economy. Asian stocks are trading higher this morning as well. The Dow jumped 2% to climb back above 26,000. The S&P 500 rose 1.3%. The Nasdaq finished higher as well, although tech gains are not quite as big as gains in other sectors. The S&P 500 now back within 8% of its record high set earlier this year. Joining me now for a closer look at the market action is Ryan Huang. Good morning. Morning, Michelle. All right, we're going to start today's discussion here at home where the SDI appears to have joined the global rally despite some discouraging economic and financial data. The SDI jumped 3.5% yesterday to close above 2700 up more than 7% over the past week. Yet, this comes at a time when one out of every three companies listed on the exchange, Singapore Exchange, lost money in the first quarter of this year. On top of that, we hear Senior Minister Taman Shamugaratnam warning of more job losses in the local market in the year ahead. So, Ryan, we've been talking this week about a seeming disconnect between the U.S. stocks and traditional fundamentals. Are we starting to see that similar trend here at home? Yeah, so this is a interesting phenomenon, right? You've got bad news in the papers, in the media, but you see markets still push on. And if you look at the front page of the Business Times, uh, you will see what you mentioned just now. Uh, the losses in Q1 are down 40%, so one in three S uh, Singapore companies listed have seen losses. So compared to the previous year, we saw companies making 4% profit. So it is a big reversal, of course, understandably so because of um, COVID-19 in the backdrop. And looking at markets, they don't seem to be well, in line with what we are seeing in the news. And we've seen that in the US. In March, we saw a big sell-off. But by, I think, two months, in within the space of two months, we are now back to those levels, in fact, we bounced back 20% in the STI. Uh, we've just seen it yesterday on a three-day winning streak and going into now a technical bull market is back 20% from that much lows. So looking at markets, they seem to be pricing in beyond the next quarter and they seem to be pricing in the potential for com- economies and uh, reopening and businesses and activities restarting. So they are really forward-looking, and it seems that is the case. Um, if you look at some of the estimates out there, DBS Research is forecasting for STI to hit 2,800 um, points by the end of the year. And right now, we are already at 2,700. Indeed. Let's stick with corporate profits for a moment, Ryan. Industrials, healthcare, property counters, they all suffered significant decline in first quarter profits. We also saw steep losses for Singapore Airlines, but these drops all happened before the circuit breaker came into effect. So what are second quarter profits going to look like? Yeah, you can imagine with circuit breaker measures in place, you couldn't have people going out to sit in restaurants, uh, people were not travelling to work. So a lot of consumption, a lot of demand was not there and this is going to be affecting the quarterly results for the second quarter. And you are looking at a market consensus, uh, expectations for it to be uglier than what we saw in Q1. So that is uh, likely to be the case. Um, but for the year though, we are looking at consensus for earnings to drop 18%. There will be some support and that is going to come through from the government 
measures for wage support. So 75% wage support for some sectors and possibly even more as uh, we wait for potentially the um, the government to plan more plans to help um, support the economy. So that is something that could help support the Singapore economy and earnings. So that is something I guess we can brace for. And I think the thing is people are already expecting that Q2 is going to be bad mm. and that will be already priced in into the markets. All right, helped out by significant liquidity. Let's turn to corporate news now. Yesterday, we discussed how High Flux and its directors, including Olivia Lam, are under criminal investigation. Well, those investigations are widening. ACRA is now taking a closer look at the audit work done for High Flux by KPMG. What's the latest, Ryan? Yeah, so the bad news for High Flux doesn't seem to end this week. So we've now got the auditor... For, K- for High Flux, KPMG under the spotlight. So Accra really digging into the books now for those records between 2011 and 2018. And right now, there are a few question marks right now. Uh, the one question is whether High Flux may have overstated the value of Tuas Spring and his books. And this was when it decided to take a $824 million impairment for the period ended September uh, 2018. And this is a big question mark because it seemed to overvalue the um, asset. And that was based on overly optimistic assumptions on electricity prices. And of course, um, KPMG is under spotlight because it was Hyflux's auditor and they signed off on Hyflux's audit report in 2018, March 2018. And then just two months later in May 2018, Hyflux filed for bankruptcy. So a lot of question marks whether you know, these uh, numbers were in compliance with counting mm. standards and that is what mm. ACRA is going to be trying to uh, um, study. Big, big story here. More than 30,000 retail investors who bought Hyflux bond and preference shares are caught up in this story. They're now owed $900 million and are still hoping to get some of that money back. All right, one more local story before we zoom back out again, Ryan. CIMB Bank Singapore is facing an uproar from its mortgage clients. Now, in today's climate, you'd expect mortgage rates would be falling or at least holding steady. But CIMB was planning to raise rates by almost 1%. The key word there was, was, the bank is now backtracking on those plans. Tell us more. Yeah, so typically when you buy a house, you will need a huge loan from the bank. And you would agree on a rate with the bank. So it typically comes in two parts. One is the base rate, and that is usually a sideball or the, the swap rate. Uh, so this plus the spread is what you will pay the bank. And uh, what happened was CIMB looking at interest rates falling felt that, hey, we need to pretty much cover our basis. And they said our minimum rate now is going to be higher, not just 0.1%. We want to get 0.9% to protect our business and margins. So of course, many customers were not happy and they protested, they got together, they put out a website called honest mortgages, they went to the media, and this really got a lot of uh, discussion and scrutiny. Uh, So the big question was, can a bank change its rates midway through uh, an agreement, a contract, uh, because apparently the general TNCs say the bank has the rights, reserves the rights to do so. So that was a big discussion point, but it seems that under pressure now from the public, CIMB has backed down and made a U-turn to say we will 
revert to the original contracts, um, the agreement of 0.1% uh, minimum uh, minimum floor rate, not 0.9%. So that is a bit of a happy ending for those customers of CIMB. Uh, but of course, uh, this is a very interesting, um, I guess, case study. What can banks do or do not? And I think a lot of people applying for mortgages now are going to be looking at a fine print a bit more closely. Indeed. I mean, some of those people signed their mortgage agreements just a month ago. Imagine your rates moving up from 0.1 to 0.9 within a month, the space of a month. So quite a U-turn there for CIMB Bank Singapore. A lot of clients, I'm sure, very happy with that. Before we go, I want to turn the discussions to U.S.-China relations and Hong Kong. Now, two big headlines to look at. The first, the U.S. is suspending flights passenger flights from China. The Trump administration says this is retaliation for China restrictions on U.S. carriers. So is this all bluster and tit-for-tat, Ryan? It seems to be the case, right? Tit-for-tat has been quite the narrative for relations between the U.S. and China. So the air space now is the next frontier for this uh, dispute. And I think We'll be watching very closely to see if China is going to respond. Of course, Hong Kong is still going to be part of that um, discussion. And this today is a huge milestone um, event, um, Tiananmen anniversary. So Hong Kong expected to, many protesters still expected to push on despite a ban by authorities over um, vigils in public. And of course, one of those reasons is the COVID-19 social distancing uh, rules. So that is going to be closely watched to see if there is going to be any unrest, any violence in the streets. That could dampen market sentiment. So that is something to watch out for. And this is, uh, I guess, something we will be watching to see as well if China will step up on the tariff front. So if you cast your mind back to, um, I think, last month, uh, we had Australia diving into an inquiry over the coronavirus outbreak um, conduct by China. So China was not happy and they slapped 80% tariffs on Australian barley. Mm. And then a while back, you had Canada arresting the Huawei CFO and they saw imports of canola being restricted. So maybe we could see some escalation on the trade front. And I think a lot will boil down to what happens on the streets today in Hong Kong. Yeah, speaking of Hong Kong, two of Hong Kong's biggest banks are coming down on the side of Beijing by endorsing China's new security law for the territory. HSBC and Standard Chartered are defying the UK on this. They also made their announcements on the eve of the annual June 4th commemorations in Hong Kong of the 1989 June 4th Tiananmen Square crackdown. Tell us more about what the banks said. Yeah, so essentially you've got big companies with business in China and Hong Kong towing the line. Uh, I guess you get a sense that they want to protect their huge um, market share there. And you've got Peter Wong, he is the HSBC top executive in Asia, signing a petition backing the plan, backing the national uh, security law by China to say that this will help aid in stability and reviving the economic situation. And we've got Stan Chart and Jody Matheson also voicing their support. Uh, but it, I think internally, uh, there has been some reports that you know, HSBC, HSBC employees, Stan Chart employees, uh, are you know, not all on the same page. So that is something um, that is going to be tough to, um, I guess, digest if you're not in support of what um, these banks are doing. Oh, okay. Before we go, I want to check in on markets. How's the STI doing? Is it adding to yesterday's gains? Okay, so far, 
looking at the opening numbers um, in the opening minutes, you've got the STI up 1.8% at 2,748. So this is the highest in nearly three months. And interestingly, you do have the same suspects from yesterday. The banks did well. Uh, runs again, you've got DBS leading the way. It's up by over 3%, along with UOB up by nearly 2%. And also in the top gainers list, uh, Singtel, SIA, ComfortDelGro. ComfortDelGro in recent days has been the most actively traded stock and right now it's up by 2.5%. So all, all in, a uh, very buoyant mood across Asia helping at SCI. Indeed, pricing in the optimism there. This is Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.